0: Psalm number 22. We'll begin reading verse number 21. Psalm 22, verse number 21. Save me from the lion's mouth, for thou hast heard me from the horns of the unicorns. Last week we said that's wild oxen, right? I, I want you to imagine... I mean, we 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 tried to bring out last week uh, in the first half of this psalm the suffering of our Lord, uh, the greatest of which seems to be the very first verse when he says, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Um, but as you get to where we just read in, in the 21st verse, the second half of that verse, So you go from forsaken in verse number one to the second half of verse number 21, and it's the first indication that that we get in the Psalm that things are changing from that forsaken estate to the Lord saying, you've heard me. But even so, when, when you read those words and he says, you've heard me, think about what comes next. From the horns of wild oxen. And I mentioned last week that I've never, I, that, I, that I know of, I mean, I've seen some rodeos on TV and I've seen those fellows grab those bulls by the horn, that kind of thing. Um, but I've never seen a man gored by a bull's horn. And And if you see some pictures of what some of these wild oxen in that part of the country look like they 're substantial horns. Um, but imagine that a person that is gored by something like that and the suffering, the pain, the anguish um, it 's no wonder the Lord uses that sort of imagery you know here, uh, but you 've heard me from those horns. I mean here he is in the midst of he 's in the throes of those things. Um, we, we went from day, the day being light, right, at this time when the Lord hung up on the cross to darkness, and, and we read something uh, about that, you know, within this psalm uh, about him crying in the light and crying in the darkness, um, but here, that's verse number two. If you want to read it, it says, oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not in the night season and am not silent. So he's not being heard, you know, there it seems, but you get to verse number 21, and he said, I am heard. I mean, it, it's, even though the darkness is upon the f- whole face of the earth, it seems there's, there's this hope that's beaming, this hope that is shining through. It's like we talked about, the sun is above the clouds, when we can't see it, it's still there. It's still there, even though we can't see it. Um, and then we get into what we want to, to speak about this Lord's day. Verse number 22, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. Who's who's speaking? Yeah, the Lord's speaking. Um, You know, here he's saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren in the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. Verse 23, Ye that fear the Lord praise him. All ye seed of Jacob glorify him. And fear him, all ye the seed of Israel, for he hath not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, neither hath he hid his face from him, but when he cried unto him he heard, my praise shall be of thee in the great congregation, I will pay my vows before them that fear him, the meek shall eat and be satisfied, they shall praise the Lord that seek him, your heart shall live forever. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn unto the Lord, and all the kindreds of the nations shall worship before thee. Sounds kind of like Revelation, right? All, every tribe, every kindred, every tongue, every nation, right? Verse 28, for the kingdom is the Lord's. No question. Absolute. The kingdom is the Lord's, yes. The church is, he's the head right? Brother Jerry's ever saying the church? I'm like, yes, but he's the head of the church, and that's, that's part of all this that we're looking at here, absolutely. Um, I don't know how far I'll get this morning, but that's, I mean, that, that is key, what you're talking about there. Um, For the kingdom is the Lord's, and he is the governor among the nations. We're about it, king of kings and lord of lords, right? Uh, is, is, is he ruling and reigning? Is he absolute? Is he sovereign? Sure he is. Verse 29 says, All they that be fat upon the earth shall eat and worship. All they that go down to the dust shall bow before him. None can keep alive his own soul. A seed. Brother J.T. was talking to us about that this morning. Mm -hmm. A seed shall serve him. It shall be accounted to the Lord for a generation. They shall come. And there's, there's no maybe. There's no could be. No, the the certainty of them coming, of us coming, is the Lord having given himself upon the cross to be a sacrifice for our sins. And it says, as a result of that, they shall come. Guess what? You're here this morning. You're some of they. They shall come and shall declare his righteousness unto a people that shall be born. You remember the Lord and, and when he was praying in and, and John 17, not for these only, but for those also that shall believe. Yeah, for us. A people that shall be born. And then you get the the very end of this. This is what I wanted to title the message, but I don't think I can get through all of it this morning, so I can't use that as a title. That he hath done this. Or we might even give an interpretation of those words like this. It is finished. That's what he said on the cross. It is finished. Well, let's um, go to the Lord in prayer. Um, Ask Brother Donnie, if he would, to pray for us. Amen, you may be seated. Regarding the verse that was our focus last week, even though we carried all the way through, you know, really the verse number 21, you know, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Uh, Regarding that, I heard it said of Martin Luther that as he read these words, he ran out of his study uh, outside and he cried out, saying, "God forsaking, God, who can understand that?" Uh, have you read that before? No. no. <laughs> um, just just agreeing with the statement. Yes. Um, so from the experience of being forsaken in the beginning of the psalm to verse 21b, I guess you could say. Um, we have this vivid picture of our Lord's uh, suffering, and then there seems to be a change. Uh, Sinclair Ferguson—I don't know if any of you know him. You met him, okay? Um, I'll Have to shake your hand later. No, I've never met him. I'm joking. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. Um, he, he he took this psalm, and 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 I, I guess you know maybe he has a love you know for. Uh, classical, you know, music, and he 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 took this this psalm and he ran it through kind of like the the orchestral movements, you know, of of a, uh, of a, um, orchestra. Sorry, I guess I'm trying to think of another word. That's all you can really you know use. But but um, anyway, so there was a movement. You know, there are movements in those orchestras. There's a movement here. I I went and listened. He 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 kind of related it to a particular I can't remember the composer's name it wasn't a famous one you know that we would all know Um, but I went and listened to some of it and the first movement where you read my God my God why hast thou forsaken me I don't think I've ever heard an orchestra play something so matching to you know I mean they were deep deep foreboding tones, you know, that were coming forth from the cellos and the different, you know, deep playing, you know, instruments. There, there wasn't any happy, you know, flute, you know, being played at that. It, it, was, it, was, it, it matched the words. Um, but then as it moved along and it gets to this point, you know, there was a different movement, a change, you know, within the, in the tune. But um, Isaiah 53 verse 11 says, he shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. That that's that's the place that we occupy. That's the place that we stand. God is satisfied, isn't He? Um, we we sing a hymn, don't we? I am satisfied with Jesus, but the question comes to me as I think of Calvary: Is my Master satisfied with me? What are you going to say, brother? That's what the youth the they used to hmm. call the satisfaction. the satisfaction. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that remarkable to think about it that way? The satisfaction. God, who's holy, God's wrath that was against us has been satisfied. Has been satisfied. So, he shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many. For he shall bear their iniquities. One man who will, the Lord willing, be with us this next weekend, um, said this in regards to Psalm 22. I didn't realize that he had actually preached on this psalm here some years ago. Do you remember what year that was, Lydia? Was that like 2007, 2006, somewhere around there? Um, but here, in our very midst, he preached on this this psalm. He called it the Psalm of the Cross, uh, is what he called it. Good title. Um, but he said that Psalm 22. What we see in these remaining verses are a future, excuse me, look from the sufferings of the cross to the end of all time. There's a sense in which you can say that, isn't there? I mean, because we're talking about him in the midst of his brethren, and Brother Jerry, you know, rightly said, the church. You know, he's the head of the church. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself, you know, here at this point, but I'll just go ahead and say it. Wherever two or three are gathered together in my name, he says, there am I in the midst of them also. And so who, who is in our midst? If there's two or three gathered together in his name, who's in our midst? He is. Who's, who's orchestrating these things? You know, we want to talk about a conductor and talk about an orchestra, you know, like Sinclair Ferguson was using as he went through this psalm, um, you know, who's the conductor? He is. He's the head, right? Uh, and he's conducting things in your life and in your life and in your life, and all of our lives. He's conducting things. To the, to the church, yes. And it's all to his glory. You know, what are you going through right now? He's conducting that. He's orchestrating that. Uh, how about as we sit here and as we, we are hearing the word of God proclaimed, which JT and I both, you know, will readily admit, we don't want you to hear from us. You know, we want you to hear from the Lord. But if you hear something, I mean, Brother JT brought it out this morning. You know, the natural man, he doesn't understand these things. You know, he, he, he can read them. You know, he can understand what's being preached, but he, he doesn't really truly understand these things. If he did, he'd repent. The unconverted man would repent and believe. You know, he would call upon the Lord and say, be merciful to me, a sinner. Um, and, and, you know, if we look at that man otherwise, we'll think, how insane is it? How insane was it, you know, for us? How insane is it for them to rebel against the living God? Um, but if you hear something, if if the Spirit of God impresses something, if if something's brought to your mind that's not within what we're necessarily talking about, what I'm speaking about, it, brother JT, where did that come from? If you're blessed by something, that come from the Lord, who's in the midst of those whom He has said He is not ashamed. Is there a reason why He should have been ashamed of us? Sure, but because of what He's done, the satisfaction brother Bruce was talking about because of what he's done he is not ashamed to call us brethren isn't that something that is remarkable that is incredible um, but he said it's a future look from the sufferings of the cross to the end of all time he went on to say and I didn't get to listen to all of it this was just part of it that I listened to he said his words the Lord's words were or are rather I guess we could say Though the the world's growing, what he's he's saying is that the world grows darker and darker, which it is. I mean, things are growing darker and darker around us. The gospel of Christ will continue to shine forth, and it will triumph. It will. I mean, what is, Brother Donnie was praying, he was saying, you know, we we don't want to be a light just to one another within the walls. You know, the, the world would love that. The world would love to you keep it confined to just here. I mean, we may get to the point where the government says you keep it confined to just here, and we'll have to say whether we should listen to God or listen to you, you decide. You know, we've already made up our minds. Uh, Whether we should do what he says or what you say, you know, that's when we'll have a problem, right? Um, Law-abiding, tax-paying citizens. Otherwise, do those things. Render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. But when Caesar starts to say, you can't render the things that are gods unto God, that's when the church and the state you know, are going to have a clash and a problem. <clears throat> but the gospel of Christ will triumph. It will. Um, you, know, it, you think about people like Saul of Tarsus. You've brought it out a couple of times, I think, brother, about they, they think they're doing God a favor. You know, and that's what he thought he was doing, putting Christians to death, imprisoning them, thought he was doing God a favor. You know, he was really righteous. He was really religious, you know, uh, until God arrested him. Um, and, and you got, you got this man, the Lord says, I want you to go and pray for him. <laughs> and the man says, Lord, do you know? As if he doesn't know. You know who this man is, and you want me to go to him? He's, he's been searching us out. been trying to put us in the prison. You want me to go to him? Yes. Yes. And he goes and lays his hands upon him, prays for him, and the scales from the light that had shined, you know, uh, fall from his eyes. It, I mean, there's a spiritual picture, isn't there? I mean, you think of all the knowledge that Saul of Tarsus, growing up, you know, as a Jewish boy, would have had, and all of those things flooding in in a spiritual reality and not just the natural. Incredible, right? I mean, that's been some of our experience too, hasn't it? I mean, maybe we didn't have the extent of knowledge, you know, but those things that we had heard, those things that we knew, those things that we read apart from when we were converted, uh, I I, I think about, um, you know, Newton, he was the same way. I mean, he was raised, you know, didn't have his mother for very much of his life, uh, and then he was out to sea, and the things that he saw there, I mean, you might as well have been raised in a bar, you know, um, but he had that little bit of what his mother's prayers and that little bit of what his mother's scripture that had been read to him, uh, and the Lord used all those things. They flooded back into his mind uh, when the Lord converted him. It's, just, it, it's incredible um, you know, to think about those sort of things in that way. Um, but you know, last week we were talking about the justice of God, the guilt of sin, the ruined state of man. I mean, think about this. The worth of our souls that God would send his only begotten son he would give his only begotten son for your soul and my soul. The all-sufficient sacrifice of our Savior that we might be reconciled to God. He, our hope, he, the only reason we have of any hope that God will never leave us, forsook him, but never leave us or forsake us. And because he was forsaken, we won't be. We won't be. Because he suffered hell for us, we said last week, we are going to be able to partake of his heaven isn't that amazing think about this the one who is the living water right upon the cross said i thirst that's amazing to think about but our supreme example we also said last week of trusting in god i mean even in that forsaken condition he continues to cry Continues to cry. We may feel abandoned, but we're not. He was abandoned. And yet, he cries. And yet, he calls. We wrestle in our troubles like Jacob. Here he was on the other side of the brook, right? And he's wrestling. Let me go. I will not let you go. Until you bless me. I mean, in 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 the throes that you go through, and the troubles that you go through, in the sorrows that you go through, what else are you going to cling to? We see the Lord upon the cross, continuing to cling, continuing to cling unto God. What else are we going to do in the times that we go through, and the things that we suffer? But cling, you know, unto Him. Think about Job. I mean, there's there's two things. There are other things, but the two, main, the, the, the two things that rise to the surface that Job says, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away, you know, uh, blessed be the name of He worships, he worships, but the other is this, and it, and it has application to hear and talking about the Lord clinging, though he slay me, yet will I trust him right? That's us. I mean, that's, that's the Lord upon the cross, but that's because of the Lord upon the cross and because of what he's done within us, that is us. That wouldn't be us. We wouldn't, we wouldn't feel that way. We wouldn't continue to cling except for the work that, that Christ has done upon the cross and the, the, the work that's been done within us as his people. Though he slay me. I mean, how many martyrs, you know, could we apply that verse to as well? Though he slay me. Yet who's in charge here? What well, the Lord say to Pilate? You would have no power against me at all except it were given to you from heaven. That's not just true of Christ. That's true of Christ's church. That's true of Christ's bride. That's true of Christ people. That's true of you and me. They have no power. They think they do. But they have no power except to be given to them from above. And if it's given to them from above, God has a purpose in it. Right? Right. He has a purpose in it. He's going to bring glory out of it. Yes. Yeah. The one who can kill the soul. Yeah. Um, They don't have that fear uh, of the one who can kill the soul, both soul and body, actually. Um, But, um, yeah, Brother Donnie's right. Don't be afraid of those who can kill the body. What they can't do is kill your soul. Mm Right? Right? They can't kill your soul. They might be able to kill the body, but they can't kill your soul. They can't take that. No man can pluck them out of the Father's hand. None. No demon, even. You get to the end, right, of the chapter. Not angels or principalities. Uh, Nothing can, whatsoever, nothing. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Well, here in these verses, as we said earlier, um, it's, I, I'm, 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 you know, last week I told you, it is so, I mean, difficult to, to attempt to, to stand up here and bring you in to the place where the disciples were, you know, at the foot of the cross, you know, the, the Lord has to do that. Uh, but, you know, I'm struggling up here and, and trying to bring you to that place that you can see, you know, these things. That I, you know, it, it's it, to, for myself to be able to enter in and even preach these things. You know, it, it's, it's, it's difficult. The Lord has to do that. The Lord has to help uh, if we're going to get anything from this. But you get to t- verse 21B and we see the Lord being heard. You know, at- atonement has been made. Our pr- propitiation won. God's holiness vindicated his wrath, satisfied it, it, it's those words in the in the in the hymn. I don't know who called it. Was it was it? Um, Shalom called out, "His robes for mine." You know those words are in that in that hymn. Um, God's justice is appeased. What cause have I for dread? God's daunting law, Christ mastered in my stead. Faultless I stand with righteous works, not mine. Saved by my Lord's vicarious death and life. Then you get to another stanza and it says, Jesus is crushed. He's crushed. And the Father's pleased. That doesn't even make sense to the world, does it? You know, your your Savior crucified? Yeah, God gave himself for me. God sacrificed himself for me. What, What does the world do to their God? They sacrifice to their gods, you know, Uh, Our God gave himself for us. Christ drank God's wrath. Then cried, tis done. Sin's wage is paid. Propitiation won. Those are good words, aren't they? Um, But we have a turning point. Um, Upon the heels of verse 21, when our Lord says, save me. He says in verse number 22 that he will declare... I will declare thy name unto my brethren. I mean, that's that's how we gather. Again, Brother J.T. brought that out. We gather here together. He he was talking about this renewing, right? Where's this renewing coming from? It's coming from this right here. The Lord saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. You know, there's a sense in which you know we can go back, you know, historically, and we can see, you know, here comes Mary, you know, to, um, you know, the tomb, and the Lord says, "Go and tell my brethren," right? But here this morning, He's declaring His name unto us, and that's the renewing that Brother J.T. was talking about. We're being renewed. Um, you know, by that word. We're being washed by the water of the word. We're being sanctified. We will be glorified. In the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. Ye that fear the Lord, verse 23 says, praise him. What's the cause for your praise? It's him declaring his name unto you. yeah, it, remember, the Lord says, if, if these withhold their peace, the rocks will cry out, right? Uh, all creation, Brother JT was talking to us about that this morning, groaning, right? Waiting for the adoption. Um, In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. Ye. ye that fear the Lord, praise him. All the seed of Jacob, glorify him and fear him, all ye seed of Israel. For he hath not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. Hey, when you're going through pro- trouble, problems, the Lord knows. He sent it. He sent the trouble. He allowed the trouble. It couldn't have touched you. You know, what can touch you that doesn't pass through his hand? Uh, there's no bluegrass song. That's, that's the words, too. Uh, I wasn't really ever a bluegrass fan, but I got exposed to a little bit of it through Pete Hutchinson and Bob Woodruff and some others. But, but um, it is a good statement. There's nothing... That can. It's it's, it's based on what scripture tells us. There's nothing that can touch you that doesn't pass through his hand. Neither hath he hid his face from him. We may feel like that. Right? But it's not that the Lord still is not there. He's very present. He's very present because of Christ, what Christ has done for us upon the cross. He's very present in time of trouble. He's very present. When he cried unto them, he heard. So, you know, what, what a glory is transpiring here, you know, from the forsakenness, you know, to this place where he's heard. Our deliverance, the satisfaction, our deliverance, Christ's sacrifice. And, and even, you, you think, here he is, and he's saying these things. I mean, isn't the resurrection in view already? You know, hear these words that are being spoken. I will declare thy name in the midst of the brethren. Isaiah fifty nine sixteen says, and when, or and he saw that there was no man, and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his arm, his arm brought salvation unto him, and his righteousness it sustained him. It sustained him. It sustains us. We'd not be sustained. Uh, you know, physically speaking. I mean, I know I'm only in my fifties, and those of you that are a lot older than me are like huh, You're just a kid still, you know. But, but um, I hope I've still got a head, head of hair like Brother Bruce when I'm his age, you know. <laughs> he, you do, brother. It's, it's all. It, is, it, you think it's any thinner than it was when you were a kid? It keeps going. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but just yesterday, picking up sticks. Uh, you know, I'm just like I'm wore out. Um, and Brother JT talked about that too, didn't he? You know, we work. I go to sleep at night, and we're renewed the next day. I don't even, you know, I don't feel those things. I mean, my back was killing me yesterday. I was thinking about Donnie. i was like, man, if I start having back problems like Donnie, you know, all I'm doing is picking up these sticks and throwing them on the fire. Um, But but it sustained him. It sustains us. Psalm 40, verse 6 says, sacrifice and offering thou didst not desire. Mine ears hast thou opened. Burnt offering and sin offering hast thou not required. Then said I, Who's it speaking of? The Lord, right? Lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me. I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, thy law is written within my heart. If it's possible, let this cup pass. But nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done, right? You you may recognize some of these verses, I mean, not just because you know them, but I I know that you probably, you've commented before when I've sent something out by Samuel Baxter. um, you, you, You know his... He, it's usually just verses of Scripture is all it is, really. It's, yeah, it's a string of verses of Scripture upon a certain subject. And I read those this week, and I'm like, that's where we are. Um, John 10, verse 17 says, Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. I mean, that, that, that had to be somewhere in view right? Uh, I mean, in the midst of this forsakenness that had to still be there, I mean, there was an end to those sufferings. Um, and I know there's a way in which we can apply that to ourselves too. There's going to be end of our sufferings, you know, in this life. There's, there's an end in view. There's a goal in view where, you know, Paul says, I've run my race. I've finished my course. There's laid up for me a crown of righteousness. You know, there is an end. Isaiah 45, verse 21 says, Tell ye and bring them near. Yea, let them take counsel together. Who hath declared this from ancient time? Who hath told it from that time? Have not I the Lord? And there is no God else beside me, a just God and a Savior. There is none beside me. Look unto me and be ye saved. All the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is none else. There's our salvation. We'd have none otherwise, right? I mean, that's what he put next to that verse, if you read it this week, at this particular one, but Acts 4.12. Neither is there salvation in any other. You know, that's where it's leading us to in, in Isaiah 45. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Must be. Second Corinthians 8.9 says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And this is amazing, that though he was rich, for your sakes, he became poor. That through his poverty, I, I don't care how much money you have in the bank. I mean, other than I'm, I do care that you are have enough to be sustained, you know. Um, but, I mean, I don't know who the richest person is in this room. It um, doesn't matter as far as monetary things are concerned because in this sense, we're all Rich beyond compare. Rich beyond compare. You know, the Jews, as the Lord hung upon the cross, they looked upon him in this way. Cursed is any man that hangs upon a tree. This could not be the Messiah. If it were the Messiah, he wouldn't be hanging upon a tree. And at the same time, we, we can't dismiss the, the disciples um, you know, they didn't feel exactly that way, but they were like, we thought he was the one, the hope of Israel. And and look what's happened. Well, Galatians 3, 13 and 14 says this, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made, they couldn't, the Jews couldn't see it that way, being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. But that it is written, that comes from Deuteronomy 21, 22, and 23, and if any man have committed a sin worthy of death, that was us, not Christ, and he be put to death, and thou hang him on a tree, his body shall not remain all night upon that tree, but thou shalt in any wise bury him that day, for that he is hanged is accursed of God, that thy land be not defiled, which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance. They looked upon that scene, cursed. If you really be him, you're going to come down off that because every man that hangs there is accursed. But they couldn't see that it was for our sins that he hung there. It was for our sins, our iniquity, that he died. That's what 1 Peter 2.24 says, who his own self bear our sins in his own body, on the tree. Being dead to sin, should we live unto Righteous, that we, being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. And when I think about the extent of what we have read here this morning and the remainder of Psalm 22, and what, you know, Brother Mac was talking about when I told you, I don't know if I told you who it was that said it, Mac or Mark, but... But uh, Brother Mac was the one that said that, you know, earlier about all the way to the end of the, of the world, it's the future, you know, being shown, you know, here in a sense uh, that he hath done this, um, you know, here we are in 1 Peter 1, 8, where it says, whom having not seen, ye love. Though now you see him not yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls, of which Salvation now this i this, 'm I'm, I'm reading that that I'm reading there in First in, uh, Peter one to really part of what I want to get to is in verse eleven. The other part's verse number twelve, uh, but verse number ten, let me finish reading that of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of time the spirit of Christ. Which was in them did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ. So I I, I would take this part, the sufferings of Christ, the first half of Psalm 22, okay? And then what I'm about to read to you, which you probably already can complete the verse, is the second half of Psalm 22. So see it here the first half, the sufferings of Christ, the second half, the glory that should follow, right? Raised from the dead and and in the midst of the church unto whom it was revealed, verse 12 says, that not unto themselves but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels, we sang a hymn in regards to that this morning, which things the angels desire to look into. No, isn't it remarkable that the, this thing of redemption, um, they're they're observing it, they're 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 seeing it transpire, they've they've seen it for centuries, they've they've seen it happening, and it's it something that they desire to look. Why why do they desire to look into it? Because it's the glory of God in in redemption. I mean, think about when they saw the fall of man in the garden, you know. I mean, I, I, we don't really have any scripture per se for this, but, but was there somewhat of the, of the disciples' reaction when the Lord was crucified? They're like, oh, you know, that the man has fallen, you know. Uh, but then to see, you know, and to hear, you know, those things that God spoke even in Genesis, you know, regards to Christ. And, and there was this, this hope to come, this redemption to come. They're looking into these things before the cross, and then still continue looking in them into them after the cross and glorying in it all along. And you can imagine the angels, Jesus Christ, holy, 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 Lord God, you know, almighty, who was and is and is to come. Uh, you know, uh, the whole earth is full of his glory. Um, but these words in, in Psalm 22 are actually quoted in, in Hebrews 2.12. Um, I'll, I'll start reading Hebrews 2.9. It says, but we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the... Why? Why was he made a little lower than the... For the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things and bringing many sons into glory to make the captain of of their salvation perfect through suffering. For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one. For which cause... He is not, anybody, ashamed to call them brethren, right? And then verse number 12, this is coming from Psalm 22. He says, I will declare thy name unto my brethren in the midst of the church. And there's a little bit of an alteration here. And it gives us, you know, comparing Scripture with Scripture, you know, it gives us a little more light on what's being said in Psalm 22. Now, let let me read Psalm 22 Verse number uh, 22 to you, I will declare thy name unto unto my brethren in the midst of the congregation. Will I praise thee? Right? So here in Hebrews 2 and verse number 12, it says, I will declare thy name unto my brethren in the midst of the church. Will I sing praise unto thee? He inhabits what? The praises of his people. I mean, when we're singing, he inhabits... The praises of his people, when when you are able to really get caught up in the hymn and it begins to bless your own soul, I, I leaned over to Teresa. I, I've, I've I've noticed since I've sat next to her. You know, used to I would sit up here when we would sing, and I started sitting down there, and I've noticed there are times whenever she'll stop singing, and I leaned over and I said, "Is my singing keeping?" you from singing? And she said, "No, she said, "I want to hear the people singing. you know And I felt better about my singing at that point because I thought it was me, but <laughs> it was something far better you know than that. But he said,, uh, "In the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee, and again I will put my trust in him, and again behold I and the children." which God hath given me. I mean, this is the brethren that we're talking about in, in Psalm 22. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm not going to get out of the 22nd verse, but we'll see. Um, and deliver them. Oh, sorry, let me go back. For as much then as the children. I mean, he, he so completely identified with us, Brother Bruce. I mean, completely identified with us. Gave himself for us. It says here, for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death, his death, he might destroy him, that is the devil, he might destroy him that had the power of death. Here's the strong man. And here comes one stronger than he. And he binds the strong man and sets us and I'm not trying to rhyme here it just that does but sets us into glorious liberty um, verse 15 says and deliver them who through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage for verily he took not in on him the nature of angels I mean he took upon him the nature of us he didn't take upon himself the nature of angels you know the, the fallen angels aren't I mean, we don't see anywhere in scripture where they're they're not redeemed they're cast into hell you know but he took upon himself our nature. Took upon him the seed of Abraham, wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren. Again, there's that identification, right? That he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God. And I told you the girls would walk into my study, you know, at times, and they were in there last night. And we were talking about some of these things, not necessarily from Psalm 22 per se, but, but Anna was telling me about when she was little, that she would wonder about all the sacrifices that she saw in Scripture. She's like, why don't we still do that? And why isn't that still done? You know, now she understands. You know, the, the natural mind, what, what can it do but wonder about those things and not see with spiritual eyes? You know, but now she understands that there's there's the, the, the sacrifice has come There are no further sacrifices. He is our sacrifice, right? And so she understands that. She can see with those eyes because of what the Lord's done you know, in her own life. Wherefore, in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. He offered himself once. He's not offered, I know we have this out here, but it's in remembrance of what he's done, you know. Right? It says it right there on the front of the table. It's in remembrance. Yes, once, once. And I know in the Catholic Church, it's every single time. You know, they're they're crucifying the Lord again and again and again. But he gave himself for us, offered himself once. Um, no need for further sacrifice. For the sins of the people, for in that he himself hath suffered being tempted, he's able to succor them. Again, here's this identification. Listen to what it says. He himself hath suffered being tempted. He is also able to succor them that are tempted. I went up this morning and sat down beside Rebecca. I don't know if y'all saw me up here, and I was like, I can't remember this tune. I said, hum it for me. And I know that was like immediately for her, like, (laughs) why? I could just play it on the piano, you know, but I'm like, no, hum it for me. And after I was finished, you know, or she was finished, and I kind of had the tune in my head, I said, if you ever have a baby, you need to learn how to be able to do that. I can't tell you how many times that, that they've all leaned upon, you know, my own breast as I, as I have, they put their ear there as I've hummed, you know, a hymn, uh, or sang, you know, a hymn. And they 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 feel that, um, what well, are they reverberation? How do you say it? How do you say that? You don't know. Come reverberation. on, reverberation. I knew I was missing part of it. Um, I was missing the verb. But anyway, it uh, it's a comfort, isn't it? I mean, unto. I May mean, you think about a baby in the womb nine months. I mean, the mother's voice. No wonder you know they the dads are like you know. You know, I want my mama, you know. Um, that's the voice that I've heard. That's the voice that I know. Um, not that they never heard my voice. I would get down there and I'd speak to them, you know. Did you do that, Donnie? Did you speak to Cohen? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, some people will read books and everything. They'll put earphones on their wife's stomach, you know, so that they can speak through, you know, those things. And Dad did that. And I doubt it. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, my personality i was scared if they stopped kicking like what's wrong yeah um especially after teresa got struck by well not directly but it was it, it we were out out front with randall and we were fishing for crawdads we'd take a string you know put some bacon on there and get in the crawdads come out grab hold of it and pull them out of the hole well teresa was standing out there pregnant with rebecca wasn't it and uh, had an umbrella lightning struck and she felt something of it, the shock of it. And I know all that afternoon we wondered because Rebecca wasn't really moving. And we thought, did they do something to the baby? But um, anyway, that would be me. That was my personality. I guess somewhat still is. Um, I worry way too much. Why do we have, what reason do we have to fear? What, what reason do we have to worry? Um, I mean, I, I see the Lord turn to the disciples you know, and, and 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 say, you know, I've not seen so such faith, you know, in all of Israel, you know, in some of these cases, and it's like he's turning to them when he says that and saying, where is your faith like that, you know? And we feel the same way, don't we? Um, I thought about those two disciples on the road to Emmaus, and they were sad, and the Lord could tell, and He had hidden Himself from them, and He's like, why are you so sad? And they begin to, where, where have you been? You know, uh, all these things have happened. You know, you don't know anything about these things, you know. And so they recount everything and they said, and besides, we, we, we thought he was the one. And besides, today is the third day. Yeah. And the Lord says that same sort of thing to him. You know, you're slow of heart, you know, uh, so slow to believe. And I mean, they, they, they even confess in that place. That's in Luke 24. But they even confess in that place. The women had gone to the tomb early that morning and they said that his body wasn't there. But still, they didn't believe. Uh, and then you have Thomas. You know, he's like, "I won't believe until," you know, because he wasn't there when when the Lord appeared. Um, but uh, how slow of heart we we can be, can't we? How slow of heart we can be to believe things happen. I mean, I, I, I got out of the, I was riding with Dad part of the day uh, one day this week uh, at work, and and I got out of the truck to get in my truck, and uh, I, I, I forget what exactly was happening. But, um, you know, he, as I got out, he said this, all things for good, you know, all things work together for good, um, to them that love God, to those that are call, are the called according to his purpose, they work together for good, um, you know, so you know, he, he didn't have to say anything other than that, all things for good, you know, immediately the verse is there in my mind, um, you know, but, um. The Lord is declaring the glory of God singing in the midst of the church that's what we, that's what we see here. Um, you know he He said so many things to the disciples and unto us, the comforter you know in, in john fourteen twenty six I'm going to send him he's going to bring all these things to your remembrance that i I've said unto you uh, he'll testify of me, uh, ephesians four Talking about there being one body, one spirit, even one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all, through all, and in you all. Um, talking about him leading, and this, this is where I was going this morning. I don't think I'll get this far, but, but um, him leading captivity captive. Think about that. Think about that statement. I mean, it goes back to the strong man, the one stronger than he, right? But captivity, we were in bondage. We were in captivity. Um, you know, the Jews at one point, you say unto the Lord, we've never been in bondage to any man, you know, but they were in bondage at that very moment. Uh, but we were in captivity. He led. I mean, I, I, I get this, this imagery in my mind, you know, of, 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 of you see some of these movies when you have, uh, you know, this, this guy's on horseback and, and his prisoner, you know, he's got tied to a rope. And, and he's walking behind him, right? You know, he's not putting him on the horse. You know, he, he doesn't get to ride the horse. You know, there's the shame, there's the humiliation, um, you know, of, of, of him being defeated, him being captured, and he's leading captivity captive. Um, you know, I get that sort of imagery in my mind when I think about this. And the devil, he's, he's led Captivity, ca- death, he's led captivity. Hell, he's led captivity captive. Sin, he's led captivity captive. And what? Gave gifts unto men. So if there's a Sinclair Ferguson or there's a Mac Tomlinson, where'd they come from? You know, how is it that, that, they, that they have given themselves you know, to study and preach the gospel? Uh, I only use those two names because they're two names that I've used already. I mean, there's so many others. And it doesn't stop there. It's the thing Brother Donnie was praying about earlier. It's all of us going forth every day. And whether Danny's in the locker room, you know, or Donnie is in you know, the office place, or it's when we were raising our children, which we still have some, you know, here that are being raised in the home, and the mother, you know, in, in, in the home teaching that, it's, it's this, he's in our midst, and he's speaking to us and through us unto others. He's given gifts unto men, And he goes on to talk about that, doesn't he? He says he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth, because this would be us otherwise, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cutting craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth. According to the effectual working in the measure of every part, make it increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. These are these gifts that the Lord gives. You are a gift, you know, unto the body. God's given each one of us, you know, some measure of something uh, to be a blessing unto one another, to edify one another, to build up one another, to love one another, right? And he's the head over all that. He's orchestrating all of that. I mean, do we even think about breathing? Do we think about our heart beating? Um, you know, the, the, there, there are functions, you know, within our brains that are carrying out all of those things. You know, involuntarily. And then there are things that are voluntarily carried out. But Christ is the head. He's orchestrating, we said, all of these things. He's conducting all of these things all around us in our lives. He he puts you here. No wonder whenever you're missing, you know, when Delina wasn't here, right? The other day. Somebody actually said, it's too quiet. (laughs) And it's true. It's true. I mean, what would Donnie's house be like without Delina? Right? I mean, it'd be a lonely place, wouldn't it? It'd be a quiet place. Too quiet. The quiet kind of quietness you don't want, you know, there to be. But there's every one of us. I mean, some of us are, are, are more outward, you know, and, 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 and you could see it more. But then there's others who are the exact opposite of Sister Lena, you know, um, you know, that, that they're quiet, they're off in the corner, you know they're doing things, and maybe nobody ever. You know, m- nobody knows. You know, they don't. They don't see, you know, because they're so quiet. Um, you know, prayers that are are are, are being offered, and, and things that are being done that that you know they, they may never be noticed. And I'm not saying that Sister Delina does things that she does to be noticed. And don't misunderstand me. Um, you know, I, but I'm just saying that we're all different, aren't we? We have different personalities. I mean, think about the disciples. Did they not have different personalities? Can you not see that even come out in the Spirit moving them to pin the words they pin? Their personalities are still there. The things that they knew and understood, you know, Luke as a doctor, still there. Um, God supplies all these things. And I guess I'll have to stop there before we get. Uh, too far in, I continue, and somebody falls out of a window, Uh, you know, so we'll, uh,